There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast for our Tuesday edition. We're in Psalm 86. This is going to be a prayer of David. So Psalm 86 is prayer of David. And again, we are at the Little Mahoney Bible Conference. Uh, The Altman Baptist Church is having their family camp this week. And so we are preaching along with the R.G. Rose. So pray for him. Pray for me. Pray that God would have his will and his way. We have morning and evening service. If some of you even close to the area would like to just stop in for a service, that would be fine. They don't have any problem with that. They want folks to come and hear the word of God. And so keep us in prayer. And then again, we're going to announce that Monday we'll begin our King James Bible Conference, three weeks on the podcast of King James Bible Doctrine, the doctrines of how the King James Bible came to be, the authority of the King James Bible. And the marvelous thing is just the work of the King James Bible in the hearts and lives of people. And might I say the greatest difference in my life this Bible made was an inward change and how I want to thank the Lord for that. I would never believe the Messianic Psalms if it were not for Jesus Christ. Uh, This is not an intellectual ascent. This is not some type of intellectual conspiracy on my part. No, this is just faith. This is just believing what God said. I'm not trying to toot my horn. I'm not trying to boast that I'm a man of great faith. I just believe what God said. And when I see these passages and I see the scripture, I can believe what God said. And I do believe what God said. And so I can believe the Messianic Psalms. I can see by faith Jesus Christ. Sometimes a verse, sometimes two, sometimes an entire passage, but we can see Jesus Christ. This is one of those where we see Christ. In Psalm 86, he says, Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. And again, there's there's three expressions in that verse alone where often we see Christ. Bow down thine ear, incline thine ear, turn thy ear, that thy ear may turn. And so that's the request of a son to a father, that the father would hear him, that he would turn his ear to him again. And then hear me, for I am poor and needy. And again, we've used that expression several times because the psalmist used that expression several times throughout these messianic psalms. I am poor and needy. And again, it's one of the I am's of the word of God. Anytime I see that expression, I am, I go look at it and I say, is this Jesus Christ? Is this the Lord? There are times when Paul said, I am. There's times when Moses said, I am. There's a time in the word of God when David said, I am, referring to himself. But more often not, by astounding amount, the I am of the word of God is the Lord speaking. And we see that here. This is Jesus Christ speaking. This is the spirit of Jesus Christ prophesying concerning Calvary, concerning the death according to the scriptures. That's why it's important to have a gospel according to the scriptures, that we might see Christ, we might believe Christ. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. 
And again, I know our dear brother, we've talked about it many times here, but our dear brother preached that great message several years ago. It impacted my life greatly. You don't trust someone you don't believe in. And Jesus Christ had faith. We know because we have in the same spirit of faith, I believe, therefore have I spoken. He believed God. And because he believed God, he could trust God. And so he said, preserve my soul. It's important to see again, the soul of Jesus Christ. Part of the great doctrines of the Bible concern the soul of Jesus Christ. And yet many would just scoff at that. Many would just gloss over that. Many would just ignore that. Yet they can't explain it. And it's simple. You believe that his soul was an offering for sin. How was his soul offered for sin? It was offered for sin in hell. It was cut away and the divided asunder of soul and spirit. That's the word of God. He gave his spirit to the Father. Father, in thy hands I commend my spirit. His body, the Holy One of God, went to the grave, and there his foes bowed down to him. His foes could not touch him. The bacteria, the worms, the lice, the vermin, they could not touch his body. He was the Holy One of God. But then the Apostle Peter justified and rectified, if you will, Psalm 16, when he said on this wise, For thou wilt not lead thy soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. And so again, we see body, soul, and spirit of Jesus Christ. And for you dichotomists out there that don't believe in the triune uh, body, you have a little bit of explaining to do when it comes to passages like this. I don't know how he can divide asunder the soul and spirit and put them in two different places and have a dichotomy. And that's a trichotomy of what we speak of body, soul, and spirit. You say, how do you know big words like that? Because people confront me with that. I've had people confront me about a dichotomy. I'm not trying to be ugly. I don't want to argue. I don't want to fuss. But I don't believe in a dichotomy. I believe in a trichotomy. I believe man's make up his body, soul, and spirit. He said in verse 3, Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. When does he cry? He cries in the garden. When does he cry? He cries in Pilate's hall. He cries before the chief priest. He cries at Calvary. And then the last cry of all, in thy hands I commend my spirit. Why, he's a man of sorrows. He's acquainted with grief. This is Jesus Christ, our weeping Savior. This is Jesus Christ, our broken Savior. He was broken before he ever went to the cross. He was broken long before he was made sin for us. He was broken for us. And, and what a blessing it is to know that Jesus Christ would do that for a sinner like me. Rejoice, the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. There is the offering of the soul of Jesus Christ. He lifted up to the Father to be judged. He lifted up, the, but he said this to the Lord, rejoice, the soul of thy servant. He knows there's a day coming when his soul will not be left in hell, and his soul would be lifted up to the Father, and God was going to comfort him in that, and he asked the Lord to rejoice the soul of thy servant. That's the faith of Jesus Christ. That's the faith that justifies us. That's the faith that Jesus Christ brought before man. What a joy to know Jesus Christ. What a privilege it is to know Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. For thou, Lord, art good. Amen. He's good. The Lord is good, and he's ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Jesus Christ already believed upon the Father when he called upon him. And it's important to note that. How shall they call upon him? Romans 10, 14. How for how shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? It is reserved for those that believe God. It is reserved for those that believe that God can show mercy. It's for those reserved for those that do believe God and take God at his word and know that he's a merciful God. They can call upon him and know that he's plenteous in mercy. 
Give ear, there it is again, give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. Again, with strong crying and tears, he made supplications. He made prayers and supplications for us. And Jesus Christ has wept for us. And Jesus Christ has shed tears for us. And his supplications have gone before God for us. He's prayed for us. He's pled with the Lord for us. And yet we resist him, yet men harden themselves against him. Men will not receive truth. Men will not hear the word of God. Men will not accept the person of Jesus Christ. In the day of trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. What is that day of trouble? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What is that day of trouble? It is finished. And he called upon him. The Bible said in his holy hills, God heard him. And the earth shook the very foundations thereof. God shook the earth when he heard the cry of his son. Yet Jesus Christ believed that God would resurrect him, believed that God would not leave him in that state. And he said, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are any works like unto thy works. And his entry says, among the gods there, there's no God like him. He is the potentate. He is to be extolled. He is to be lifted above all others. And he said, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. So now we're in a messianic psalm, but we're looking a little bit forward. We're looking to a day which has not yet been on this earth. We're looking for a day when Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign. The resurrected Savior is going to return to this earth and establish his kingdom on earth, and men of all nations will come down and worship him. So again, the psalmist covers Jesus Christ. He prophesies of Jesus Christ. For thou art great, in verse 10, and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. And then he said this, verse 11, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Teach me thy way, O Lord. When is God going to teach his son anything? He's God himself. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. But yet he said, Lord, teach me thy way. Why? He's been made an offering for sin. He's been made an offering for us. He said, oh, Lord, I will walk in thy truth. Why? He's going to walk in the land of the living. He's going to walk in the light of the living. The scripture told us that. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Why unite thy heart? And it's interesting he says that when he says, unite my heart to fear thy name. Why? Because his heart has been broken. His heart has been separated from the Father. All of him has been separated from the Father for the first time in the annals of time. And the only time in the annals of time, Jesus Christ is separated from the Father. In verse 12, I will praise thee, O Lord my God, and with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised with all of our heart. Verse 13, again, a doctrinal verse, for great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. Now, a man said to me, that's David. When did David go to hell? I just don't understand the reasoning behind that except to deny the scripture. And a man that teaches otherwise is denying the scripture. He's going to another source to try to find out what the Bible says rather than going to the Bible and find out what the Bible says. 
And a man told me, he said, he said, that is not what you think it is. And I said, it absolutely is what I think it is, because David didn't go to hell. Jesus Christ went to hell. And now I deliver my soul from the lowest hell. This isn't paradise. This isn't Abraham's bosom. This isn't where Jesus Christ came out of across that great gulf and brought his soul out of hell, brought the keys of death and of hell with him, crossed into Abraham's bosom as he told the thief on the cross, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. He brought him out of the lowest hell to be with the thief. He brought him out of the lowest hell to be with Abraham. He brought him out of the lowest hell to be with those. And that's why all of paradise rejoice, all of Abraham's bosom rejoice, why the Son of God had come to deliver them. The prisoner Outed. The captive rejoiced. Why? Because Jesus Christ was revealed to them, and they knew their deliverer had come. That's a doctrinal truth. That's a biblical truth. And he brought his soul out of the lowest hell. How did he do it? He delivered him, meaning he went and got him. That's what the Word of God says. That deliverance when somebody goes and gets you. It doesn't mean it shows up. Listen, we order stuff through Amazon, eBay, Walmart. Hey, it just doesn't show up at our door. Somebody has to go pick it up and deliver it. And he delivered his soul. He went and got his soul. Amen. Got the keys of death and of hell. Oh God, verse 14, the proud are risen against me. And the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. That reminds me a little bit of yesterday's podcast when he said mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. And he says, Lord, you're full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. Why? They've met together. They've been united at Calvary. When you see Calvary, you see truth. When you see the cross, you see mercy. They can no longer be separated. They no longer are separate. Mercy and truth have met together. Mercy and truth died on the cross, and mercy and truth has been extended to you and to I. Oh, turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thy handmaid. And in verse 17, he says, show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed. Because thou, Lord, hast opened me and comforted me. What is the token? And I believe we can all probably come up with ideas and come up with thoughts. But what greater way to show his enemies his triumph than the resurrection? What is that token for good, the resurrection? And he said, the day which hate me may see it and be ashamed. They crucified him on the cross. They hung him on the cross. Yet he was resurrected to their shame. Because thou, Lord, hast opened me and comforted me. The soul of Jesus Christ, paramount to our faith, paramount to our salvation. His soul was offered for my sin, for your sin, that our soul does not have to be offered for sin. He took our cross, despising the shame. He took our beating, yet despising the shame. He took all the sin of mankind was laid upon him. Our iniquities were laid upon him. And then he was made an offering for sin. And he died for us. His soul was offered for sin. His body laid in the grave. And then he overcame death, hell, and the grave through the resurrection according to the scriptures. I do hope and pray this song has been a help to you.
There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing